Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at triplehfm.com.au and all good podcast sites. Yes, we not only host the podcast, we've got it going everywhere you can download. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony the Bull Caruso, and I am so excited for this episode here tonight on Splinters. We are going international. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the passports are out of the drawers if you've got them and not having to queue up down at the local embassies to try and get a hold of where your passport status is currently at. We are going international right now. This episode is going to be going all the way to England, and not only that, we're going to be in the south side of London, talking all things cricket. Now, you may be wondering what special guest, what huge name we got on the show. We don't. We have (laughs) the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Good evening, Carissa. Well, I should say good afternoon. It's good evening for you, but good afternoon here in the UK. Um, I was going to go, I was thinking to myself, where is this intro going? I'm here all the time. (laughs) <laughs> it was a nice little swerve at the end there, but um, it is good to be part of the uh, Splinters podcast all the way over here in the motherland. And I'll just correct you a little bit. Yes, I am south of London, but not in southwest London. I am in the wonderful, I won't call it a village, I'll call it town, because I think they had their city uh, bid rejected uh, for the Queen's uh, birthday uh, awards a couple of weeks ago. But uh, the lovely town of Guildford here in Surrey, uh, coming to you yep. live from the Guildford studio from where I have been uh, hosting the bench the last couple of weeks. But uh, it's good to catch up here on Splinters. Good to catch up with you. And we've been giving a little bit of snippets of uh, what I've been up to and what caught our eye th- on the show. But uh, lucky for me, you guys let me have a whole episode here on the bench just to talk about what's going on over here. Well, absolutely. Now, we should we should make mention as well that we are talking, of course, Guildford in the UK. We are not talking about Guildford <laughs> in Sydney. Um, oh, mate, where, Guildford uh, Leagues uh, Club. Guildford oh, Leagues mate. Club. I love, love going and calling a Guildford house game out there. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm sure there's a certain a certain couple of um, coaching staff members or former coaching staff members who still love um, Triple H sports, don't they? Oh, yeah, probably less said about that the better. But yeah, we're, we're known at Triple H. We're known in we're known in Guildford on both sides of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've just gone in for a little bit of a sticky beak about um, around Guildford as well. There's a couple of you know, fairly well known towns not far from you, in particular Aldershot, not far from yourself. No. Anyone who is in fact, a fan of motor racing would, of course, know that there is a certain sub, a certain city just up the road from yourself, goes by the name of Woking. Yes, it's about ten minutes up the road, old Woking. I wonder if any of our F one fans know uh, what might be in Woking. Yes, absolutely. For those who and for those who don't know, happy to tell you, it is of course the home of the McLaren Formula One team. So. 
Um, not a not a not a hard drive to go up there, and I imagine you've probably been able to go up and do a little bit of um, uh, touring, or at least a little bit of stalking of what's going on at the McLaren uh, factory. I, I, I have tried to see if it is uh, available to uh, to go and have a visit. Unfortunately, no. You have to either be really rich to win a private auction, or or get some sort of. Uh, some sort of luck to try and uh, get a private tour, but um, I think if they see me and my little Fiat 500 floating around again, they might be calling security. So might just stay this side of uh, working for the rest of the time I'm here, just just to make sure I'm always welcome back in uh, the F1 uh, scene, however I might get well, there. But well, um, well, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. You're you're an international cricketing celebrity. All you need to do is just turn up and go, <laughs> hey, I'm here to see Daniel Ricciardo. I'm a mate of the Stoin. As soon as you drop that, Danny Rick will be out the front of the door and bring you straight in. Well, maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe maybe when we do another part of this, I'll give the update and see if it works. Let's see if it works as well. Listen, if, if, if look, Marcus Stoinis, if you happen to be listening in right now, give a brother a favour, all right? I'm sure we can make it happen. Well, we'll see. Well, he, he's had to come home early from uh, Sri Lanka injured, so he, he'd be sitting around listening to podcasts. I'm sure he's listening to Splinters. He would have seen it up uh, up in lights this episode. So, yeah, come on, Stoin. Hook, hook a brother up. Do it for the cricketing yeah. community. And as we always know with the, with the Stoin, hashtag rig base selections, clearly. Yeah, for him, not for me. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> You and me both. You and me both. Uh, plenty, plenty to talk to. Of course, uh, I'm going to go through a couple of the other things that you've been doing during your uh, your trip so far. Um, the touristy stuff. A little chat about the county championship. But most importantly, tonight we are going to be talking about what's been happening on the early parts of your time playing for Effingham CC, and I believe it's the second elevens competition. And we'll give a little bit of a hint on how you guys are going so far. It's not bad so far. Well, yeah, I, I'm lucky enough to be part of the uh, the second eleven setup. Um, the only uh, overseas player in the Surrey champion in the Surrey League that uh, has dispensation to play in the uh, second eleven. It's uh, it is a bylaw that uh, the overseas must play in the first eleven. But obviously, they've seen my record and they've given me dispensation to play twos. But um, it has been a good season so far. Um, for the mighty ships, uh, we'll talk a bit more about that in the second part. We'll, we'll also give a bit of a, a background on how it works a bit differently to how um, cricket is set up in Australia. Actually, really good here because it does it does benefit you if you if you're a good team and you're winning. Um, you, you actually can get promoted. And as I said, if you're if you're a, a sort of a team that's maybe just losing a couple of your better players and you're dropping off a bit, you can actually uh, get relegated. So it, it does keep the competitions very even, but we'll talk more about that a bit later. Um, and yeah, let, let's let's get up to what I've been off to, up to off the field because uh, yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly fun trying to uh, balance uh, doing the, doing the bench on a, on a Monday morning here in uh in the in the UK, trying to be a cricketer, I said I've, I've I played three games in four days at one point and uh, and couldn't walk for three days, and then um, also trying to be a tourist while I'm here as well. So yeah, it's certainly not a dull moment over here. Well, with that, we're going to get started. The passports are ready, and we are set to take off for the south side of England, ladies and gentlemen. This is Splinters. 
And we're going to kick things off here tonight. And uh, Matt Mears, I think you were saying in the break, um, you've got a little bit of a um, an interesting story. Something has changed with the way passports are handled. Well, yeah, like I love filling up my passport with with all the stamps. So I've got a nice little stamp collection uh, with with all the places I've visited over the last uh, eight years or so. I've had my passport, but now they don't even give you a stamp. What you go through the electronic. Boom gate. It's almost like you're going through the boom gate at your local um, railway station, and it just it it scans your your passport. It takes your photo, and away you go. You don't even have the awkward conversation with the um, with the customs officer that 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 asks you five different questions about why you're actually in the country. It's just straight on through. I was a bit disappointed. I was looking forward to my uh, 24 hour no sleep uh, conversation of. Uh, having to explain why I'm here playing cricket but not getting paid for it. And I'm sure you would have enjoyed the the pat down as well to make sure that you didn't have anything <laughs> hidden in amongst your sides as well. So no, Yeah, no more pat downs either. Oh no. That's so disappointing. No stamps. Yeah, well that's the, the, the way of the modern world, unfortunately. But um maybe maybe I should have just gone up and asked for one anyway. I don't know. Maybe I missed out. Maybe we can forge your own stamp. <laughs> we'll, we'll do some international um, forgery. That that that'll put splinters on the map. Oh, absolutely, it will. Absolutely, it will. Let's. You went over. So you've been over there. You're staying in Guildford, uh, which for for the benefit of everyone who's talking, it is sort of on to the southwest of Greater Greater London. Uh, mm. And to get out there, you, it, it is basically right on the A3, isn't it? Which is the road that pretty much takes you from London to Portsmouth. Yes, it is. So I've been lucky enough. I've travelled most of the A3. It's, uh, I go up the A3 to get to the, the FM crew ground. I went to Portsmouth uh, for a day and a night to uh, to, to, to watch some of the uh, the local wrestling over here. Um, I, I said, very good. I have my trusty little Fiat 500 that's uh, been doing the job getting me uh, around the place. As I said, I wouldn't want anything smaller. I'd say, you remember the old Peel 50s that they used to have? If any fans of Top Gear will know know what the, what I'm talking about. It almost yep. feels like I'm in one of those because Dead said there's not room for much else in there. No, one, no. After, one, after one game, I had I dropped a couple of the boys at Guildford train station. We had three kit bags and three adults in there, and I don't think we could have fitted anything else in this thing. It is so small, but um, it's certainly doing the job. Uh, and look, I, I know what it's like driving around those Fiat 500s. They look cute. They can be fun, but they're designed for two people and two people only. Yes, they, they certainly are. But um, as I said, it, it has been uh, providing some some fun and frustration because um, over here, manuals are the, the name of the game. and uh, As they should be. <laughs> well, not when you drive an automatic back home and you haven't driven a manual in three years. Good luck getting off the airplane and then getting on the M25 in a manual that you haven't driven in three years. That's a Fiat 500 and can't keep up with the traffic. Oh, you couldn't get the Abarth either? No, I don't think Easy Rent are a um, cheap little plug to them. I don't think they're uh, um, springing for the Abarth version somehow. The Abarth, the Abarth would have been fun around there because, uh, well, let's face it, we all know Abarth like to take any – ordinary fear and make it an absolute maniac of a car. Oh, definitely. But uh, 
Unfortunately, this one definitely skipped the uh, the bath queue when it was in the uh, in the Fiat factory. But um, as I said, it does the job. Um, it, it lets me put the uh, CarPlay on so I can have a sat nav. It uh, it gets me to all the cricket games. It's it's gotten me a couple. It's got me to Portsmouth. It's gotten me to Southampton. Uh, it got me into to London one day when the tube strikes was on, so I could go see Queen. It's uh, it's done 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 me good so far. But uh, knock on wood. Uh, it's got a couple of weeks left in it yet. Let's let's uh, hope it keeps it going until it uh, gets me back to Gatwick for my flight home. Well, let's let's talk about your time down on the south coast. Of course, you did want you did visit Portsmouth. We won't talk too much about that because it is Portsmouth after all. Uh, but let's let's talk to the. They did have good there. wrestling on it though. They did have uh, good wrestling on there, which was good. Was was William Regal there? That's the important question. No, no, there's no William Regal there. Unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame. That is an absolute shame. We will talk about the good side of the South Coast. We are talking, of course, about Southampton. Um, of course, um, <laughs> well known in the cricketing terms for the Rose Bowl, which is not actually right within. Well, it's, it's not right within Southampton itself. It's sort of more on the outskirts, whereas St Mary's Stadium is almost central to Southampton. Yes, um, it it actually probably is pretty well located if you are visiting. Uh, Southampton. It's it's literally just off the motorway, so it was it was a good little trip for me. I said straight on the straight on the on the A roads out of Guildford, and and you're there down in uh, Southampton in about an hour or so. That's just what everything is. Everything I look up places that I want to go, and it's like, what's the trip? Oh, about an hour. <laughs> about an hour. It's uh, imagine if uh, everywhere in uh, New South Wales was like that. Oh, I want to go to Brisbane. Oh, it was an hour drive away or whatever. Only place we can get into an hour, get within an hour, is what? Liverpool. <laughs> I was trying to think of a bit of better places than Liverpool. Yeah, I'm I not know, getting to Liverpool over here in an hour, but no, yeah. that's true. <laughs> that is very, that is very true. But um, down there, while in Southampton, um, the the big thing to talk about was that you did get to see the county match at the Rose Bowl between Hampshire and Yorkshire. And uh, that would have been an absolute cracker of a game. Yeah, it was, and it seems like um, it, it was poised pretty much like the uh, the Test match was with uh, with high um, high first inning scores, and then for whatever reason it is in the second innings they must replace the pitch or something because it just becomes low totals. Hampshire got the job done by two wickets. Oh, I was looking forward to watching um, one James Vince bat. Um, for those who don't know, our, one of our overseas players for uh, the Sydney Sixers. Yeah. I uh, got to watch him uh, make a, a sprightly 22 uh, before he was out to Dom Bess, um, the the uh, English off spinner. Uh, dubious uh, caught behind in my eyes because I wanted him to wa- I wanted to watch him bat a little bit more, but um, yeah, as I said it is a great little stadium there. I, I know I'm sure St Mary Stadium, unfortunately, uh, and the old county ground wasn't able to get in and, and have a look at those in the middle of uh, Southampton. But this is this is what you want from a, a stadium sort of now because now they have the opportunity to host uh, the international games and, and everything like that. They got the Hilton on one end, which I, I have stayed in once before uh, many years ago to watch a, a T20 night game. That's pretty good when you can uh, sit on the balcony, order room service, and then just watch a T20 out, out, outside your uh, your back door. I, I do recommend anybody that uh, has the chance to do that. But 
just in the stands for this one. But um, it's good to see they get a result because a lot of the times that you don't see a result in these sort of games. Yeah, absolutely. And and the uh, the, the unlikeliest of heroes in that game in particular, Cole Abbott, um, helping to get England over the line, the, uh, the South African quick. Um, only got four runs in that second innings, but a very crucial four runs to make sure they got home with two wickets to spare. Um, a, a tight game as well, especially when you're considering when you consider how critical the um, the results are, not only in terms of getting the win, but also those those bonus points as well throughout the competition. Definitely, and 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 scoring it uh, over four runs and over to to get that one ninety eight runs to win, they they certainly did go out off um, with a bang. I think the first two balls um, from Thompson were, were both boundaries. Uh, they really got off to a cracking start and. I did turn up thinking that oh, it's a Wednesday. Oh, there'll be three men and a dog there, like you might see at a New South Wales Shield game. But there was actually quite a decent little crowd there. And um, I said, if you if it's one of those places where the the stands are nice and steep, and uh, it's very intimate setting, I will admit though that they were playing on one of the pitches that was right over towards the corner, almost like it should be one of the practice pitches from before the game. So they they had the ropes really in in tight on that one, um, but yeah, as I said it, it's one of those grounds that um, that they design really well, and and being sort of only about twenty years old, it, it's really been designed with the fans um, in the forefront, and uh, it's not really a bad seat in the house in that place at all. This is the interesting thing as well. Well, I mean, one thing we could see with modern technology now, the ability for anyone to basically work wherever they want is you might actually start to see more and more crowds turn up to these games. Basically, plonk yourself in the corner of a stadium, set up your laptop, get to work, and you've got the cricket on in the background. What's not to love? Well, just, yeah, hopefully your boss doesn't uh, find you on the uh, YouTube stream. But um, I don't see why not. As I said, there's Wi-Fi connected at the ground. I'm sure everyone has their hotspots as well. It, it, it's certainly something that, yeah, you can, as long as, as, long as your work um, is compatible with that. I don't think they'd like me turning up with my uh, two massive monitors and uh, everything else like that. I need to, to get my work done. But uh, I said for, for a lot of people that if you, if you're in responding to a lot of, uh, it's uh, responding to a lot of emails or you've got to sit in Zoom meetings where you can just put yourself on, uh, just turn your camera off and uh, put yourself on mute and just have to listen in. Uh, it'd be a good day at work, I feel. Oh, I think it absolutely would be a great day to work. The other one that you were talking about doing the touristy stuff was um, going to the Motor Museum down in Southampton and a couple of the cars that you saw. Yeah, well, I said it was a big day out for me because, yeah, in the morning I went to the, the Mona Museum at um, at, at Bolu, I think it is. I, I, I'm sure I butchered the name of that, but uh, it's about 20 minutes outside of Southampton. So I went there in the morning and then went to the, the county game in the afternoon. Um, but it, it's known as – it's got the world of Top Gear there, so a lot of the uh, – a lot of the old cars that uh, you would have seen that they've built for Top Gear, like the the old stretch limo, a couple of those are there. Um, the the toy boater and all the the cars that that, that they use to um, try and um, get from England to France on the uh, across the channel that they converted um, are there. There's a whole bunch of uh, the other the other cars, including um, I don't know if you've seen one of the, any of the newer episodes of Top Gear where they turned a, a hearse into a um, uh, 
into a, a family car. It's one of the, the Freddie Flintoff episodes, which was um, pretty poignant for me being able to see that car because I was actually in the audience for that um, that episode when it was taped last time I was here. So that was a bit of a, a, a 360 moment, seeing I'd been in the studio with that car and then three years later, here I am at the World of Top Gear and there it is sitting in the uh, ex- exhibition right in front of me. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because the Top Gear test track is actually just down the road from you. In a, it is. In a, that's that's how I got into the studio last time I was here. Unfortunately, yeah. they don't film the they don't film them there. They film them at um, the old BBC Television um, City in uh, in London now because of uh, the COVID rules about having people inside. But uh, yeah. I have been. I have lucky. I have set a time on the uh, on the old. Uh, Sorry, uh, test track, uh, the the Dunsfold uh, Aerodrome test track, and wasn't wasn't too shabby if I if I if I don't say so myself. How, how would you have gone in with uh, what? Well, okay, let me two questions for this. What car was it, and what time did you set? Um, so I will preface this with a couple of things. It was a wet day. No, no, that's fine. So it was a wet track. Um, we'll give you that wet track, and um. You only get you get one siding lap and then you yep. go. That's all you yep. get. Well, that's well. They usually for the stars and the reasonably priced car, they only they usually only get five practice laps and then go. Yeah, but then they have the then they also have the stig there uh, teaching, teaching them lines them. and everything like that. I had to go off my knowledge of playing it on Xbox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Guess I want you to guess. I want you to guess. I'm gonna guess a well. No, no. What car did you have? Oh, I, it was a reasonably priced car. It, I think it was even a Kia, one of the Kia, the Kia CDs. Okay. So it was I'm, one of those, I'm, or it might have been the Astro, one of those twos. But it was okay. one of the cars they had on the show. I'm going to guess a 151. Wet. In the wet. Oh, okay. I'll okay. I'll take a, a 155 then. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not that good. No, it was a 159.5. Okay. Which I thought well, in the conditions. Seeing you only get one siding lap was pretty good. Yeah, well, and they well, don't yeah. let you they don't let you hang it out too much. I'll tell you that. But any they were saying anybody that did under two minutes would probably be a, a decent lap. Like if you got the time, like to to practice and you had the time to read the shit out of it, like they do in uh in, in the um in on the show, that you'd probably be about mid table with a wet lap. So I, I was happy to be under two minutes in the. Uh, in those conditions. Well, look, I mean, yeah, I was going to say that um, two minutes in the, um, two minutes in the, in the, in that it was actually not, is actually not bad. And I'm just having a quick look to see who the people you would have actually beaten. If it was against the Suzuki Liana, um, the person you would have actually beaten would have been um, Harry, Enf- well, Harry Enfield and Sir Terry Wogan. They got yeah, lost. Yeah, he did get lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Chevrolet um, Lachetti, mm. you beat, well, I mean, you beat Brian Cox, you beat Jimmy Carr, but Jimmy Carr spun off. Mind you, <laughs> you were you were in, I guess you could say, given you only had two laps, you were in that zone of a lot of people who went on there where it was wet, like mm. legitimately wet. And that's the likes of, you know, Guy Ritchie, Philip Glinestar. Boris Johnson, you were in touching distance of Boris Johnson. Oh, because that's exactly where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. The key, did you say the Kia? 
It was you either the key or the Astra. I, I can't remember. It was one okay. of the two. Well, if but not the, the actual one that they use. I no, think it was no, someone's course. hire car that uh, they probably wouldn't want to uh, do an engine check after they well, get the, <laughs> the the wet the um in terms of the wet laps for that, you would have been with the likes of John Prescott, Alice and Alice Cooper. Mm. I'll take that. Yeah, well I said like you're 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 level, just, with, you're level with Alice Cooper. Yeah, I don't think I disgraced myself at all. And as I said, I, I did see some of the other times that uh, that were going up. And, um, yeah, I was I was very happy to be under two minutes. Nice, nice. That, look, that's not a bad form. Now, some of the cars you saw at the Motor Museum as well, um, I think you mentioned there was a couple of very notable F1 cars and one of them in, and two of them in particular, very notable English, British Formula 1 cars. Yeah, so they they had the uh, the the ninety two Williams, which uh, the 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 um, Nigel Mansell machine, um, which was very good. They, they had the the old uh, Lotus Renault from uh, Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, they had one of the old uh, Marlboro uh, McLarens. Um, they did have uh, one of. They also had the 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 um, Vodafone. Um, Lewis Hamilton's up on the wall, and they did have a Ferrari, but I didn't want to trigger you after uh, oh. what happened in the last race. We won't go there. Um, I'm sure you cried yourself to sleep at night, like I said on the show that week. But um, I did, yeah. and then some. And then in fact, some. my mobile phone nearly ended up through the TV. <laughs> oh, well, mate. They'll be back, I'm sure. Uh, go oh, Red Bull. Um, I, I, the, the thing that hurt me the most is I actually think it was one of the few times that Ferrari actually did the correct strategy. Mm. I only got to see the extended highlights, but they did look like they were on on for it. But I said it's Red Bull had the uh, Red Bull had the issues with the uh, reliability early on, but they've they've sort of tightened it up and are getting some good. Uh, they've almost passed on those reliability issues now to the Ferrari. So yeah, I want to finish. I want to fix that up quick smart but yeah it was great to see that they had um yeah a lot of uh they had a lot of those sort of cars they had uh they they, they had some of the uh, um bond cars as well um Ooh. from the last movie so they had um had the the shot up db5 um they had the the new aston that the new 007 drove they even had the old um the old four-wheel drive that um bond drove in the uh final scene there <laughs> Um, but they were pretty cool to have a look at as well. But um, they have just cars all the way back from like when they first started making cars, probably the late 1800s all the way through, um, all the way through to now. So a, a good day out if that's your thing. Um, I really enjoyed uh, checking out all those cars down there. It made for a good little uh, day trip to uh, sort of get the motoring fix and then get the uh, the cricketing fix in the afternoon. Well, I think one of the cars I saw, there were a couple of the old um... – the, the famous GT40s, as they're often oh. as they're often referred to, the uh, the Stallion Smasher, or the yeah the the GF40. I think I put that one out for those who follow my uh, social media. They would have seen me. I took a couple of photos of that one in that baby blue as well. Um, that the, 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 they're trying to uh, incorporate into the McLaren um, F1 car that they should be doing more of. Um, but yeah, that oh. Yeah, the history of that car and just the look of that car, it, it, it is um, it is motor racing history. 
It is, absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. We've been going on so much about being a tourist. We've got to make sure we leave some time to talk, actually talk about some cricket. And when we come back, we'll be talking about Effingham CC and how they're going in their main competitions. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download from, from triplehfm.com.au and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports, and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. 
Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and now available to download from triplehfm.com.au and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport and Business Plaza. Anthony DeBull Caruso with the wise man, Matt Mears, and we have gone international, ladies and gentlemen, yes, this show is coming to you not only from the Motorvale Studios, but it is also coming to you from the Guildford Studios. Not, no, we're not talking about Guildford in Sydney. We're talking about Guildford in the UK. Matt Mears, we've been talking about your a little bit of your touristy stuff that's been going on. It's now time to talk some cricket, and in particular, we're going to be talking about the Surrey League. Yeah, well, that's what I'm playing over here at the moment. Uh there's a few different leagues in Surrey, um, and it's quite interesting how it works. It's not as regimented as you would uh, normally see as, as it is in uh, in Sydney, where you have sort of grade cricket with its clubs locked in, then you have Shires, and then you have Park. Um, between the, the Surrey Championship and the Surrey League, it's actually promotion relegation um, throughout the first and the eleven and the first and the second eleven competitions. So. Um, from the Surrey Championship, so if you're if you're playing um, first eleven Premier in, in the Surrey Championship, that's that's the equivalent of, of first grade grade here in in Sydney. So they're the guys that are that'll be trying to push to to play for Surrey in the county championship. That goes all the way down to uh, to to Div Five. So from Premier Div One down to Div Five, and then after Div Five, you come down into the Surrey League. Uh, which is what I play in. So they have a, a, a premier um, competition, which um, our ones team play in, and then that goes down to Div 3, uh, I think, believe the, And then that's the same for second 11 um, as well. Um, and then in the championship, I believe they have third and fourth 11s as well. So you can see how like it mirrors with um, grade cricket where they have multiple teams playing out of the same club. So... Championship is would be probably the equivalent to Sydney Grade. Surrey League is the um, equivalent to Shires, and then the, the Surrey Downs League, which is which is very much more um, ad hoc. It, it would be the equivalent of park cricket. So um, it, it is an interesting way that it's set up. But as I said before in the uh, in the opener, where um, it's a promotion relegation. So if you finish in the top two. Um, in the competition, you go up to the to the to the league above, and then if you finish in the bottom two, you get relegated to the the league below. But what's good is that if you finished in the top two of the first eleven or the second eleven Premier competition in the league, you can actually go up to Div Five of the Championship. So you could be um, a, a good, honest. First 11, second 11 in that Div 1, but then get a bunch of good players that come in and you deserve to be higher, it will actually quote-unquote reward. But it is good to see over here a lot of che- a lot of teams chase it, which is great. You don't see that a lot, in in particularly in the MWCA, where people don't want to go up. Here it is about that. You, get, you want to be in that top two. You want to be promoted, go up to the next league. But also, if you have a bad year, you lose some players, you can also come down. And um, so it, it does try and keep the, the competitions as e- even as possible, which is really good. But uh, yeah, if we want to talk about my team currently, I'm, I'm playing in the second 11. We're, we're currently in uh, the, the League Div 2. 
um, trying to get promoted um, up into Div 1 because you, you want to have your two 11s close to parity as you can because we played... Um, the, the name escapes me, but uh, one of the teams we played against uh, a couple of weeks ago had a, a team in... Um, their first 11 played in the championship in like Div 4. Um, but then um, their second 11 plays against us. So if you get dropped out of first 11, you're not you're not playing that standard to get yourself p- picked back into the team, if that makes sense. You want to you have your second 11 competing as high up as possible. So for those fringe players, they get good cricket as well. Yeah, so I can see the uh, I can see the matches that have been played so far um, for yourself. You've had the um, you've had a few matches so far in the, the competition in the second in the second elevens, and it has to be said that you've actually gotten off to a bit of a flyer. So from the five games you got that your team has played so far, correct me if I'm wrong, you're currently sitting with a record of four and one. So it's not a bad start for the competition in the competition. Yeah, not at all. Um, and there's a buy in there as well. So we're actually we're actually third in the competition, but um, but we've got a game in hand on the the two teams above us. So um, Whiteley Village and uh, and Chobham, who are they're both five and one. Um, they're only ahead because they've played that extra game. So we we'll, we we play Cobham actually this week coming. If you're listening Tuesday night um, on Triple H, um, so that's going to be a massive game um, because yeah, we you want to be in that top two. You want to be promoted, um, and I said you need to beat the top teams as well. So that'll be a really good one to see how we're going and and to to judge where we are in the competition. Well, let's go through the matches that have been played um, so far in the season. You started off with a, a very comfortable win against uh, Whiteley Village. Um, bowl, bowling first, knocked over Whiteley Village for 74 and then getting mm. the runs for the loss of only three wickets. What a turn up this game was. Yeah, well, first games... Um... Always are a bit tricky. Um, always... Uh... You, you never know what you're going to get in those ones because being the first game of the year, we all know that uh, we all know that uh, availability is a bit. How's it going? Um, particularly with Effingham, a lot of the a lot of the the core group of players are, are at that uni stage where they might not be able to get back for these games earlier in the year. But uh, it's always good to see that um, you can get up the bounce, but. We're talking about Whiteley Village. This is their only loss um, so far as, at time of recording. So it, it is one of those ones where um, it'll be interesting to see the, the reverse game in a, in a few weeks' time um, to see how much the teams have changed. But as I said, we, you look at the bowling lineups of the of, um, of Effingham at the moment when you said, Robert Kibbo, three for nine off nine overs. Um Stalwart of the, of the second, well, he's a of the second uh, of the uh, of the second eleven. The vice, the vice captain, um, Joe Roberts, two wickets. We'll be talking about more about him, I'm sure. 
um, as we go along. Sam Cobb, two for six. Sam Cobb's a, a kid. When I was here last time, was 13. One of those one one of those um one of those kids just loves cricket. Minus Labashane type in, in almost how he loves it and, and how he um just eats, sleeps and breathes cricket. And then he shot up, he's about as tall as me now at, at sixteen, seventeen. Um and mate, got the wheels. But we'll we'll have a funny story about him in a minute. Um but yeah, it was a it was a great performance by the bowlers there and then uh the, the batsmen uh, sharing around the runs. Josh Farrell, twenty-four of sixty-nine. Couldn't expect anything more from uh, from Farrell. Uh, that's the way he bats, and uh, you need those sort of guys in your team. The the ones even in these one-day matches that are going to see the shine off the new ball and and not let the um, not let the uh, the top order go past quickly because Effingham are known for a few batting collapses. We'll say that. I think it's just about the same with any team, but you've got certainly when you've got a guy who can anchor an innings, uh, mm. it gives freedom for the other players to do what they do. And certainly Nick Bond, once he came, he knew the pressure was off and he could just go absolutely ballistic at the end there. You then come to the second game, the second game against the Guildford City Cricket Youth Project. And Effingham this time, the opportunity to bat first, a great performance with the bat from Epping, Effingham. 268 for the loss of five wickets from their 45 overs. Josh Farrell again getting amongst the runs. And Andy Berry going apps. What's this? 51 off 38. Well, wait and then till we Adam get... Burleson with 90 off 57. Well, Andy Berry, um, yeah, unfortunately uh, doing his knee in uh, one of the, the subsequent games. Uh, my first game, actually. Um Older gentleman, um, probably shouldn't have been fielding at third man, but wasn't my call. Um, but yeah, as I said, it, it was one of those games. We will say that the Guildford City team, not not the strongest of teams there. They're they're in that relegation zone currently for the for the second eleven. But as I said, Farrell doing his job there, batting through the innings for fifty six off one hundred and forty deliveries. But when so you he got carried the, likes, the bat, carried the bat, yeah. Um, but when you got like to Andy Berry, who can, who can hit it a mile, and Adam Burlinson, he was he's, he was the one skipper when I uh, first started uh, when I first started uh, coming over here. Um, I'm enjoying the opportunity to play with him now in the second eleven. But as I said, it's just having having his experience come in, and he'll also sell your house. He'll if you follow his social media, you, you definitely know he works for Night Frank over <laughs> here. If, you, if you're looking to buy a property in the uh, Effingham area or the um, Esher, I think he's at now, um, area, which is just up the road. Um, I'm sure he'll sort you out. But, uh, yeah, that's that's an impressive um, performance because, yeah, runs on the board like that is just, yeah, we all know how good that is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you ended up doing it easy, winning about 164 runs. We get shared all around. Um, Tebbets, Gibbons, Burleson and Roberts all picking up a couple of wickets each in what was a pretty – dominating performance all round. Yeah, but they're the, they're the ones you need to do. They're the ones that are um you need to you need to beat the the lesser teams if you if you've got um promotion aspirations which uh the second 11 do and and you need to make a statement and boy that was a statement. You then come to the game, so far the only loss which is against Church CC, although it has to be said that Church another one of these Teams that have got looks like they've got promotion aspirations themselves, 
effing and winning the toss, electing to field and Chert putting on five for 243. Um, a tough day with the ball, apparently. Well, Chert, one of those, Chert's one of those, is, is the club I was mentioning earlier where their, their, their ones 11 is, is quite higher compared to where their second 11 are. So John Palmer there with 93, um, Jeremy Carls with 45. Yeah, they, they looked a class above, and um, they certainly took it apart from us. There was some good bowling in there, though, um, to bring it back, because at one stage it, it did look like they were um, going to make over 300 off their 45 overs. This was unfortunately the game as well that Andy Berry uh, did that knee, so we, we had to have he, we didn't have him in the uh, batting lineup to, uh, to go after these runs. But uh, I, I finished a nice... Two days off the plane, a nice cheeky uh, two for 35 off nine straight, mind you. Bored my nine over straight. Uh, I, I did not I did thank the captain after the uh, game for that one. But as I said, it, it was a good effort in the end. It, two, yeah, to keep, it does, might not sound much to keep him to, to 243, but what it could have been, um, it, it was a good fight back by, uh, by, the, uh, by the team. And then really just struggled to get going, especially considering that Andy Berry were well, first off, you had Andy Berry not able to bat. Josh mm-hmm. Farrell knocked out over fairly early and just never really recovered from there with the bat. So we'll move on to the next game. And form, I guess, returning to yourself in your game against West End. And not the greatest of totals, but a dominating performance with the ball. Yeah, Effingham. Four for 167 off their 45, and West End all out for 82. Yeah, well, I said we we did enough with the bat. Um, Joe Roberts, he he is he is looking the goods. 46 not out in this game. Um, uh, Adam Burlington also making runs 32 there, but it was one of those games that you just knew if you just put something on the board. And it hasn't been a lot of limited overs cricket. They've only sort of moved to it in the last couple of years playing this much limited overs cricket. They play a lot of what's called declaration cricket, which I'm not the biggest fan of being Australian, but essentially in order to win the game, you, you really have to bowl the teams out in the in the, um, in the the second innings. And this will come uh, a bit more prevalent in the next game, but you can actually win now without, without having to bowl teams out. But it was a good effort here by the, the team to uh, be able to bowl... Uh, West End out. As I said, it is good for uh, the extra points in this competition as well. Joe Roberts back up his runs with three for 15. Uh, myself with two for seven. Um, but Andy. a shout out, jo- <laughs> Andy. It is nice coming on the bowl when they're like seven down. doesn't happen very often. Um, but a big shout out, Georgie Dobson making her adult cricket debut. And I'm saying her adult cricket debut at 14. Uh, getting two for 10 or four overs, including the most plum LBW I've ever seen in my life. The, the, obviously, the, the having the other guys, the other team umpiring themselves, but you're just looking at his face, just not wanting to give it because you're having to go back to the club and saying that I got out LBW to a 14-year-old girl, which no no disrespect to Georgie. She is a very good bowler, probably doesn't make the best... Uh, doesn't make the best um, uh, club drinking, having a beer after the game story though. <laughs> but yeah, but no, that's, she that's bowled very well. That's what a shandy's. That's what a shandy's for. 
but I'm just saying, you know, she bowled very well um, to, to take that two for 10. Um, the other wicket being a, a bowled off stump as well, getting some nice outswing um, from the, the railway end of uh, the ECG. But uh, that was a very good win and a, and a much needed bounce back after that loss to Chert. Well, um, we do we do know that there is one very famous um, Australian floating around there playing in the women's leagues at the moment, Saskia Hawley, if you happen to be listening in. You might need to make your way down to Effingham to check this girl out as well. She might be one to play in the future down in Australia as well, if that's the case. We Man, then there's, come there's about, to... Sorry, sorry Caruso, there's about, there's about at least two more. The one thing I... I a side tangent for 30 seconds. I said, the one thing I do like about coming over here is seeing the youngsters as they come through, like the, the youngsters when I first started coming and now the main stays for the, the, for the ones team that you're seeing promoted. Now you see the youngsters, I mentioned Cobby before that he's changed in the last three years, but this time it's been the girls. There's three or four of them that have, that have played their first adult games while I've been here. And they've all been impressive. You've had Hannah with the gloves in a, in an adults T20 game kept the whole 20 overs, then batted five uh, against adult men bowlers, handled herself magnificently. Then we had non-key play in the Sunday League uh, a couple of weeks ago as as well, bowling, uh, I think, second change and, and delivering good overs. So, as I said, they're, they're, they're not shy about... Um, putting the, the talented kids in with the in with the adults to show that that's the only way they're going to get better. They're not going to get better playing against people their own age. The way they get better is playing against better players. So that's the one do thing I do love about Effingham and, and how they promote that they're, they're very talented youngsters. I've seen it with the boys. Now it's good to see that the girls are coming through as well. We then go on to what was an absolutely outstanding performance by Effingham in the oh. um, the second 11 Division 2. It was the game against the Weybridge Vandals CC. Effingham winning the toss, electing to bat from their 45 overs, 9 for 221. Normal service resuming with Josh Farrell going a long way to anchor the innings with 68 off 110 and runs really through the top order. Brilliant performance of the bat by the team. Well, Yes, if uh, I didn't have to come out and face the last ball after starting the overscoring. Um, and I told a little bit of this story on the on the bench uh, the, the Monday after it happened, but I'm sure seeing this is the, the, the uh, Matt Mears episode of Splinters here, we can go into a little bit more detail. But literally with the go final over, the, the final over starting here, we're, we're about seven down. I'm scoring because we have the tablet and, of course, no one knows how to use the tablet scoring. I'm thinking, and at Way, we're away at Weybridge. Um, they actually have two grounds there and the, the change rooms are sort of in the middle. Um, there's about four or five change rooms that everyone sort of shares out and then you have to go out to the, go out to the, to the grounds from there. So it's a good three-minute walk back to, yeah, but it's a good three-minute walk back to get to the change room. So to start the final over, we got three wickets in hand. I'm not going to have to bat. They're all saying, oh, I probably should just be on the safe side. I'm like, I'm not going to have to bat. And then we, and then I have to go in and face the final ball. So we go in. Our number 10 goes in to face the fifth, the, the, the fifth ball of the, of the um, over. This guy's just bowling little right arm nothings. Gets clean bowled first ball. After everyone telling him 
he can't get out, he can't get out, he can't get out. There is actually a video going around. They were going to put it in That's So Village, but um, I don't know if that's been the case as yet. If not, I'll tr- I've got the video. I'll try and put it up on uh, on our Triple H social media. We're dead set at the fall of the wicket. I have to put the iPad down. Someone comes running with a set of pads because they had him still sitting there. Someone else comes with a pair of gloves. So I go out there. Luckily, I had my, my Effingham playing shirt on. I was wearing a black pair of shorts. I had my runners on and um, just a pair of pads, a gloves, and a bat. Because it, by coincidence, normally we would have just said, no, we won't face the final ball. But guess what? He was on a hat trick. So, is it right? Kachal, is it? Yeah. So he's on a hat trick. So, of course, I have to go out and face the hat trick ball. Guess what? He bowls the hat trick ball. Wide. Yep, leg side wide. So I had to go face two balls. The next ball, I quite uh, expertly just defended the point. But it is quite a video to see of me having to like, throw my jacket off, putting one pad on, someone else putting the other pad on me while I try and put on my gloves to try and uh, to try and uh, beat being timed out. Because, as I said, and, and lesson for young players, I made sure I got to the onto the field before I started padding up so I wouldn't be timed out. But... That's one of the great things of uh, village cricket, but uh, it was a good effort by the team. Um, I said a good total. You get that 200 total. Um, it is hard for teams to chase because they're not used to doing it. But I said they did get off to a, a, a brightly start, did Weybridge, but uh, once they sort of lost their, their, their first few batsmen, you could tell that they they didn't really have the the strike power down the bottom, and it was a long, boring um, couple of hours until we finally took those wickets there. But uh, another another two wickets for myself, and uh, yeah, currently sitting third in the uh, in the competition with that big game against uh, Chobham, who are top of the league coming up this Saturday. Should be an absolute cracker of a game there, and it would be very it will be very exciting to see what happens. Now we'll be able to check in with you during the um, during the course of the season, but uh, before we go, we have a couple of couple of previews of what's going to be coming up a little bit later on. You are, of course, planning a particular episode where we, you're going to be interviewing a few of the guys from the Effingham Club and doing your darndest to convince them that they should come down and try their hand at cricket in Australia. Well, I, it is it is something they they do love their podcasts over here, so we are trying to do our best in. Uh, get them on they, they there has been quite a few that have uh, expressed interest whether it be uh, some maybe some mini one-on-one interviews or we can do a bit of a round table and just share the microphone around tell a few stories tell a few whatevers but we are trying to have a, a manly v effingham game maybe for the next time the ashes are on um in sydney i think it's 24 25 but we'll, we'll certainly be doing our darndest to try and and get them over there um, particularly with some of how well flowing, we, we didn't even get much of a mention to talk about the ones team who are currently leading the um, the first eleven premier competition and uh, and are absolutely killing it. So there's a lot of talent over here that that would um, I'd love to see uh, be able to apply their trade uh, over in Australia. Well, there is a course um, for those who don't know. Before we wrap up from the show, there is of course a, a series that they used to do. Uh, from time to time, which was known as the Alternate Ashes, which um, yeah. is a fascinating, um, which is a fascinating competition and a lot of fun. For those who don't know, this is a a competition where 
clubs, amateur clubs, basically go over and do a tour of England. And they play in a cup-style competition, but it's not your standard cup-style competition. You have a whole bunch of Australian teams go and play against each other, a whole bunch of England teams go off and play against each other in a cup-style competition, and then the winner of each of those segments then play off one Australian, one English team for the alternate Ashes. Mm. Yeah, um, they've, they've done it in Australia as well, so... Um, it is, it is one of those things. It is, it is sort of an older competition. Um, the Manly Waratahs, who I've played with, that that have that I've had two tours to England in, and how I got that uh, association with Effingham, um, played in that back in the day as well. Um, I believe Ringer of, of your club have also played. Uh, I think we've won it twice. Yeah, they, they, that was back when they when the alternative Ashes were played in Australia. So. It, it is a, it is one of those competitions. It, it's not so done that so much these days, which is a shame. As I said, we we, we are hoping to get an Effingham versus Manly game. As it would be a one off though in Australia, to to sort of play for the the little replica Ashes we have for the one time that Manly and Effingham played back in two thousand and thirteen. So it'd be eleven or twelve years between drinks for that trophy being played for if we did get that game off the ground, but. Yeah, it is. It is one of those things you'd love to see more people have the opportunity. Like, I'll, I'll I'll take the last minute or two of the show just to to say how lucky I am to be able to do this. But as I said it, it, it's it's all luck. It's no skill. Um, I can tell you, and it's a it's a testament to how uh, awesome the the Effingham Club is um, to to allow me to keep coming to do this. Um, as I said, from a from 2013 when it was just literally. Who are the Waratahs playing against um, while we're over there? I'm going over early, looking for a couple of games, sending off the message and them going, okay, To this is my fifth trip over here. I'm coming up on 50 games for Effingham, which is stupid to think about that um, this kid, well, not a kid, but this guy from, uh, from Sydney having this um, cricket club on the opposite side of the world um, that even just down there, just to watch the, the, the ones T20 team play during the week, it just, it feels like home. And um, I can never thank anything I do. I could never thank the whole club for, for what they do for me and, and how awesome it is that I get to come and do this. And it means so much more than they'll ever know. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Matt. Thank you, Effingham, for hosting him as well. Uh, we look forward to having you guys on a couple of times over the next few weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web and available for download at uh, www.triplehfm.com.au. And you can also download it at all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sport and Business Plaza. On behalf of Matt Mears, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run harder, run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.